0: Welcome to the Thrifty Titans Podcast, your ultimate destination for razor-sharp brand building and media insights. We bring you the wisdom of the most badass founders, media mavericks, indie hackers, and content creators in the whole wide world and help you grow your business and your audience without losing your mind or breaking the bank. Join the ranks of the Thrifty Titans and together... Let's build something extraordinary. This is the second episode for the You Incorporated podcast. And I have Ayush Wadwa, the founder and creative director for Owl Media, the creative agency behind some of those Cred Curious podcast episodes you might have checked out on YouTube. Ayush created his first video at 13. And over the last decade, worked with over 100 plus brands. I heard of Ayush for the first time in testimonial from Ankur Variko. So welcome to the show, Ayush.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It means a lot. And thanks for the kind introduction. Very excited for this conversation.
0: How did a mechanical engineer from BITS land up as a creative agency ahead? The story is actually fairly simple. I
1: was always a creator first, then an engineer or then a student of engineering. So I did my Masters of mechanical engineering and master's of chemistry from BITS. Spent about five years in that beautiful college. But I was a creator before, so almost a decade you read that right. Mm-hmm. So about eleven years ago, I was about twenty three I was I'm twenty four now I was thirteen then mm-hmm. and that is when I started creating content. I was creating YouTube videos way before it was cool to create YouTube videos right. Abhito I saw being a becoming a youtuber has become a profession, but this is before the Bohorn bombs or the mostly saints of the world. This is right. before we saw a wave of creators coming. In India, coming up in India, this is before Geo, before the entire internet wave, that is when we started creating content and that is when I created my first internet company with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and that's how the journey started. So I was always a creator. I always consider my 11th and 12th uh, high school when you prepare for ITJ as the period where I took a break from content mm-hmm. to get into a good college and then only to get into a good college to resume my content journey. Right. So I think content was first, engineering was second. And those two years were very interesting because the reason I took a break and did engineering in the first place was only because of my parents. They wanted me to crack this holy grail of an exam called the <laughs> IIT J.E. So J.E. Advanced, J.E. Mains. And I cracked IT, IIT. I cracked like a bunch of these IITs. I didn't get the top five or six months. So I realized that if it's not those, I don't want to go to the, the college just for the name of it. Mm-hmm. And then I talked to a couple of people from BITS, loved the vibe, loved the energy More than that, I ended up discovering that there are a lot of entrepreneurs and the fact that there is 0% attendance, so you can do whatever you want to and that's exactly what I wanted. Right. So yeah, that's how I ended up doing this. But there was a time in the middle Mm -hmm. where I started another agency. Again, now i have been more vocal about this. I was never the kind of person who used to talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. But yes, so from a creator from my first company back when I was 13 to doing freelancing to then starting my first agency back in 2019. Terribly failing at it and then starting out in 2020 which has now become like a lot of things like is, it is grown way beyond like just me.
0: basically reserved a seat at Bits for your parents to be happy with you and moved into content creation through your years at Bits, right?
1: Oh, yes and no. I cracked IIT as a badge Ki this person was eligible to go into an IIT, but still didn't go to one. I think that was what (laughs) I satisfied my parents with. Choosing Bits was a very personal decision. Choosing Bits over the other IITs for the name of it, or even other really solid colleges in the country, Hmm. was because of the fact that um, I really wanted to be around people who could inspire me. And who were a lot more than just engineers. Hmm. My biggest, I hated the fact that I'm from a small town and I'm not as creative, maybe, or I'm not as well-rounded as somebody from a school in Delhi. Right. Uh, I my my extracurricular a- curricular activities included nothing. It was just academics for the longest of the times. Right. And that's the reason I started creating content in the first place because I used to feel so bad that all I do is study. I want something that defines me slightly more than yeh, but just This person just studies and does nothing else and that's why i wanted to go to bits even though i wasn't i was getting much better branches in other colleges people who are studying engineering will get it i still went ahead and chose bits because to me the degree was not going to matter at all to me the college was going to matter a lot more than the degree
0: our journeys are pretty similar in the sense that both of us sat for an exam that we might not have intended to prove something to our parents only difference seems to be that you were able to prove it and I wasn't because I think I scored some 88 or 90,000 in IIT IITJ and eventually did to end liberal law. How did the people at Bits help you come up with some of these ideas?
1: Bits gave me the ability to dream. Wow. Before I joined college, I was always very individualistic in nature. My entire life was, even though I started a company and we had a team of about five people when we were in class, Ninth or ten, things were still uh, my, my dreams were still like big but not big enough and I thought maybe earning like 10 crores a year is a big dream or maybe earning 20 crores a year is a big dream I go to bits and I tell people they used to ask me what your aspiration is what your dreams are hmm. and my dream used to be I want to become like a really big YouTuber in India and two things they used to point out you're like why India why not globally I'm like I don't know that's just like way that's out the of default. reach And second, I always, and I say this like a lot of times, I've said this a lot that I went to bits with the dream of becoming a big YouTuber. I went out when I heard people say, when I came out of the college, I used to hear people say that forget being the biggest YouTuber, we are going to build the next YouTube. The fact that people in bits were daring enough to build the next billion dollar company or build the next tech giant that would be of the same scale as Google or Microsoft gave me a lot of power, motivation, inspiration. So yeah, that's what Bits did to me. Although I implemented that very late in my life, I still ended up freelancing for the longest time. And I think that was the best decision because I learned a lot about freelancing mm-hmm. and made a lot of mistakes. And then when I realized, okay, I think it's now time to scale up. But 100%, the way I would have scaled, mm-hmm. would have not scaled if people in Bits wouldn't have shown me, this is how you dream big. And whatever you have, it can be bigger and bigger. I think that, ability is extremely underrated
0: and i think in the indian education system the ability to dream big is not celebrated as much right out of bits you started to freelance what were you freelancing in so i started uh,
1: freelancing in my first year so i started freelancing as a career back in school so i was always freelancing as an editor Mm -hmm. in bits i changed it to i learned a couple of new skills i became a lot better at being a better cinematographer Mm -hmm. so i was Throughout college, from first to fourth year, I freelanced in a bunch of things. Editing used to be the most highest paying of all because I could do that remotely, I could do that while I was in Pilani. But I freelanced as a director, I freelanced as a DOP. I was a travel filmmaker for a short while. I've traveled with multiple companies, worked with, you know, brands like GoPro, Insider, Thomas Cook, Cox and King. That part was really exciting when I was, when I was getting to work as a freelancer with other agencies, with clients directly. But that, I used to really like that because At that point, my only focus was how to be a better creative. I never learned how to sell, by the way. I think most of like the sales in my early days of freelancing happened because of luck. And then a lot of really solid people saw my work. So my only and only metric there was how do I become a better creative professional? So every day I just used to learn something new and I became a really solid editor or a Rather I became a really solid director DOP editor combination which is hard to find Think people hard. are usually skilled in one sort of vertical right but because I had a creator mindset as well and I was always creating content even throughout college when I was creating content I never stopped my my growth only happened in the last one and a half years because this is when this is the time when I'm actually uh, when I actually got to focus on my content from a growth perspective but I was always posting content online even if you go to the YouTube channel now you will see that from 20 like 14 to 20 yeah. There, there have always been videos, but so the videos were just coming one video in three months yes. instead of one video every day, which is the case now. But yes, I was freelancing in these fields only to realize that as a freelancer, you actually need to learn sales. Right. Which, by the way, I take workshops on now that I made a lot of mistakes, still made a killer career in freelancing, but still made a lot of mistakes. You shouldn't do this. Where I reached in four years, you can probably reach that in a year or so.
0: Right. But yes, that's that's what I was freelancing in. Nice. So when did the idea really come about? Hey, let's move into an agency model. And what really changed? There are two ways to look at this. One is
1: the industry insight that I had, which allowed me to position my agency, Mm -hmm. which is the answer to why OWL and why to the services that we offer and how we offer that. Right. The other answer is more personal, which I'm going to give now, which is why as a person I wanted to start an agency after doing freelancing. I think because I was in the content space for quite some time, once you are in a space for a long time and you know that you're good at it, you want to do something in, the, in, the, in a similar space. And agency was the obvious next step for me because of two reasons. Number one, I had scaled my freelancing business to a good 3 to 5 lakhs a month. And that was a, there's massive revenues for me. And i was like, wow, I'm peaking now. I'm peaking as a freelancer. I don't think I can take it beyond this. I'm not saying that's true. But at the time I felt like it can't go beyond this. And in my head, the only way to take it beyond this revenue was to have multiple people in the team. Right. So there are two ways to do it. A, either we do a collective of creatives. So collectives are now becoming more and more popular. It's a very popular concept of which a lot of people in Amsterdam, UK, Europe, even US do a lot of collectives. Right. So I'm like, either I form a collective or I make an agency model fit in right for me because of a couple of reasons. Number one was, I was always a generalist. I was always a great DP, director, editor. I'm like, I'm great great at these things, but am I the best? The answer was no. Can I become the best? It will probably take me years. However, because I understand these really well, that means I can hire the right directors. I can hire the right DOPs. I can hire the right editors. I can hire the right social media person. Because I understood the field really well, I could hire right so it started, I started realizing that yeah, my skills and what I want to be 10 years later aligns better with me as an entrepreneur. Right. And I may not be an entrepreneur now, but this is the time I take it. So because of all these reasons, A, revenue scaling. B, I was a great fit as a person leading the team because I was a generalist who understood different fields. So I could hire right, I could give the right directions, I could sell the right thing. Third, I knew I want to be good at selling. And the reason I say I want to be good at selling is because at the time I used to think I'm great at selling.
0: Okay. So if
1: you talk to the 2018-19 Ayush he would say these three points exactly in the same order except for the third point he would say because I'm great at selling now I want to do an agency. Okay. It's only after starting the first agency I realized that the first two points were correct. That I, I was fitting in better as an entrepreneur. I was enjoying the fact that now I can scale revenues even further. Right. Second point was also true. That because I knew the skills really well, I was able to hire right. I was able to sell right. But third, before you sell right, you have to initiate the sales process. Right. And I realized that I know nothing about sales. Mm. I know nothing about the fundamentals of sales. And that failed agency is what took me to learn sales, to learn how not to be a freelancer and how to be an agency owner. What do I mean by this statement? There's a lot of people feel that the only way to scale up revenues as agencies, yes. I was wrong I think the insight was is partially correct and it it was in my favor that it worked for me, mm-hmm. but the insight there is much more nuance, which is uh, you can always scale in revenues as a freelancer as well, the choice is do you want to be do you want to live your life as a creative person or do you want to live your life as an entrepreneur because right. both of these are extremely different Absolutely. now as an entrepreneur I don't get to sit on the creative part of the project at all. And I really miss it sometimes. Right. So if you're a creative who genuinely loves the work that they do, I don't think you should open an agency. Max, you should do a collect- collective or a small four to five people agency. Right. Not more than that. And you can print massive money. Right? Because once we start the agency, we also try to realize that with an agency and a company, there are a lot of these hidden costs involved, right? which we didn't know of. right? Companies say that agencies are expensive,
0: yeah,
1: much more expensive than freelancers. There's, there are a number of reasons why is that the case. You know, the fact that we are, of course, more feel safe, we are faster in a lot of ways, and of course, a bunch of benefits, but running a company has a lot of these hidden costs. Yeah. But again, all of this, there are a lot of positives and negatives of starting an agency as a freelancer. Luckily for me, positives turned out to be in my favor. Mm. And now I'm really enjoying the running the agency life as well.
0: Nice. Imagine a parallel universe where Ayush, the freelancer, would have been a creator of a collective, a bunch of creators all together. What would the character of that version of Ayush look like?
1: Got it. I think three years ago, my answer would have been when I actually would have taken this decision. Mm -hmm. The answer would have been a creative director slash director. Somebody who would be very deep into the creative process and would be leading a team. The reason I say leading a team, because again, I could understand different parts of the creative process. And as a director, you need to understand not just one, but multiple processes. Right Now, however, I would like to play a different role. I've realized over time that I'm extremely good at helping people. And helping people is all that is there in sales. Right, You get on a call with somebody, you try to help them. Right. And when I say you help them, you also sometimes also say no to them and you say no to making money. Mm. And this is, I think, fundamentally the difference selling with like, we have this mentality at all as well. Don't sell hell. Like, right. I think great people who are great at sales don't sell at all. They go and help people. And I think because I have context of all, like the creative field, now I would like to play a role of somebody who either does strategy mm-hmm. Or just strategy plus business development. Because I know that for that collective, I can generate a lot of business because of the mentality and the knowledge that I have. Mentality is never to sell. Mentality is always to get on a call and genuinely try to understand, can my collective even solve the problem? Is my collective even equipped to solve the problem? Because what people don't realize this, if you sell wrong, A, you got the wrong client, the client will not be happy. He would then go... And talk about how bad the collective was. So the collective's reputation is also at stake. Even the collective won't enjoy working with the client. So you're also spoiling your relationship with the collective. Right. right? Because they won't enjoy working with the client because the client is not happy. They're asking for more changes than you than were required in the process. The project instead of a month goes on for three months. So, on. so I think now I'll be a great strategy and business development person. Because I go with the perspective of helping people. Which involves saying no a lot. Which mm-hmm. involves also helping without even charging anything for that matter just and when I say help not just helping in a way that skills they're helping something more than that just sitting with them very patiently asking the right questions and just pointing them to the right direction because right. I'm not saying they can't point them to themselves towards the right direction the problem is when you're too deep into the ecosystem hmm. a lot of times you need a third person's perspective to just help you identify where the problems are right and this happens in big companies all the time. Extremely smart people, but the processes are so complex and you have so many responsibilities as a marketing manager Right. that the reason you need an agency is not because you can't do the job. The reason you need an agency is because A, you have way too many things yeah. and you need a third person's perspective to come in and help you A, first
0: identify the problem and then solve it. True that, true that. So true this that. is what I would have played. True that. Now let's imagine a third parallel universe what version of Ayush would have been great as a creative head for let's say a Swiggy or a Zomato?
1: Wow. Do think about this that if I had to take a job or if I would if I were to take a job in the future, yep. what kind of a job would I take? Right, I think I'm not too keen on firstly taking a 1 to 10 or a 1 to 100 job. Like I would take a job in a startup which is going from 0 to 1. Somebody like me who has spent who breathes content day in, day out. My day starts with thinking about content. My day ends with either producing content or thinking about content. Somebody like me will not fit in well in a company which has a million processes to get through to produce something and 20 legal teams to get it passed through. I think somebody like me would do great favor to a company and vice versa, that company would be doing a favor to me when i am allowed to experiment and break things to me i don't need a budget i've always especially before i would have operated without budgets but free creative thinking so i think any startup zero to one journey my cre- and as a creative head like i think that is the company that i would pick firstly mm-hmm. second how would my role look like i i'd be doing a lot of video content i'd be taking a lot of bets, a lot of experiments. I would do new things because a lot of times companies are scared of trying new things. But because I know I'm very good at learning new skills and like AR, for example, I would, whichever company I'm in, I would make AR part of their marketing strategy, which sadly a lot of companies don't. Yep. And to implement it, I when I had to implement AR at Aul, I learned it. It took five days to learn basic how to make an AR filter. I'm of course learning different things in AR is very detailed and deep. Mm-hmm. But at least you can get things started. So I'm very good at producing MVPs. Right. I'm very good at producing the first version, a very rough raw version. Right. And that is what is required in a 0-1 in a to one stage. That is what is required in a startup of that scale, which is produce a lot of these MVPs, quickly figure out what moves. And then I would want to give it to somebody who has done this for 20. Now you are a much more responsible person to be able to track this, to be able to execute this. And yeah, even now at OWL, you've started hiring people who are much more experienced than me. Right. Where I am, I know my strength lies in understanding a problem quickly mm-hmm. and pitching the right solution to that problem. Executing that solution, the team is much better equipped than I am. Yeah, so I think this is what I'd be doing. I'd be making a bunch of MVPs and would be making a marketing plan which to be honest looks very different from most companies because we did this experiment at OWL. OWL doesn't need marketing since you're B2B. Right. We got five 5 million plus impressions on our launch zero dollars spent in marketing zero literally zero we recently broke the spotify's algorithm i made a reel and i've done this now three times because the first time i thought it's luck second time i thought fine it's just we have proved it once we did the third time to prove it to the audience we broke the spotify algorithm the point that spotify started recommending songs in the same order that i recommended them so I think like when you know that you understand the content space, you need the freedom to break rules. So I think I'm very good at that. And now of course, for consistency, to make sure we have the right goal setting, the right KPIs, you need somebody experienced, you need somebody who has seen that 1 to 100 journey.
0: True so yeah, I think
1: I'd be a co-creative head and the other co-creative head would be the one who would be much more structured, much more patient with the results, much right. more organized in their thinking, which is something that... OWL's team is now for me.
0: You're the crazy one and the rest of the team keeps you grounded. Pretty much. What's the way to learn creative skills in your opinion?
1: I have a terrible memory. You'll tell me something today and I'll forget it two days later. I think and I believe that I'm a very solid editor. Right. But I've not touched Premiere in two years. Premiere Pro the software. Mm -hmm. If I sit on the software now, I'll forget where things were. Does that make me a bad editor? Probably. not. I think every person learns very differently. Mm-hmm. I, as a creative, have always learned something when I've tested. Right. I'm a very execution first person. As much as I love perfectionism, like there, there are parts of me, especially when we're shipping out client work, I'm very particular about the smallest of the things. But especially when learning and doing things for myself, I, I prefer execution first. I prefer just learning one thing, quickly executing it. And then... Because I know that if I just watch the video, if I just make Mm. notes, I'm going to forget it for sure. I don't have a good memory at all. Right. And somehow, I've always learned things Mm. when I was executing. I didn't go to a film school. I didn't go to any advertising school. Mm. Whatever I've learned is either from other people or observing the internet Mm. or by practicing it. Mm. And personally, I think that's the best way. However, to be honest, I've seen people who have done the complete opposite and are like, extremely successful. To be honest, whatever floats
0: here. What were the first couple of buyers for you for our as an agency founder? We
1: bought software, of course. Equipment, we didn't buy a lot, to be honest. We are a very asset-like company that way, we, like, we, mm-hmm. because we do like really big shoots. A lot of small shoots as well. Most of the revenue comes from the bigger shoots. And the fact that everything there has to be very proprietary, everything is rented. Right. So, even in our industry, most of the production houses don't own the equipment. And it's not a very logical purchase either for a lot of people. Right. right? Because uh, every project has a very unique requirement. And you need a unique set of lights, you need a unique set of equipment, you need a new. Maybe not a unique camera because cameras exist, you can count them on your fingers. But the combination is always very unique. And that's the reason we don't own it. Software we used to, of course, we invested in software a lot in the beginning. Mostly like all the software that I used to get the videos done. Because at Owl we started just as a video production company. Mm-hmm. Now we've expanded into a network, which now we are a group of agencies. So now we're not in—we're not just one agency anymore. So yeah, we started off as a video production house. Then we realized that we should be an agency. Then we became from one agency to three agencies. Then yeah, I think it was just—it happened like extremely fast, but. The vision was defined for Old somewhere last year. Right. I think the first one and a half years were, they just went in execution and just figuring out what we like, what we don't like. And then once we knew that this is what we like, and this is what we want to do, like the vision was defined much more clearly. We still haven't announced it yet publicly, but happy to tell you this more about this, maybe offline. What are we planning to do over the next couple of years?
0: Lovely, man. And tell me about the first three hires.
1: First three hires were, the first one was an editor, Mm -hmm. the second, we had interns, I'm not sure if they count as hires, but we hired these social media interns, then I hired another editor, Mm -hmm. then I hired this guy, an AR filter developer. Yeah, the first few hires were actually very chaotic. I just operated with interns and just me, so I didn't hire at all for the first eight, nine months. Oh, wow. I used to call myself an agency, but didn't hire at all. I don't know why. I think it's the same mentality shift, right? I told you, right? Like, I, I started implementing the, the vision, the ability to dream, mm-hmm. Very late in life. Even at Old, I thought, ne, I can run the entire company. I can work with a lot of freelancers. Realize it's not working. Yeah, I think we it was and AR filters. And we had three designers, but all of them were interns. Our full, first full-time designer came in, I think, July or August. Right? So, yeah. But once I realized the power of the team, I scaled up really fast. Now, collectively in the network, I think the number keeps varying by three or four every month. But uh, yeah, that's the count right now.
0: Wow. So for a year, close to a year, you were just going to a client saying we are an agency and it was just you and a bunch of interns. crazy.
1: Yeah. It was really funny. And I was doing everything. I was doing selling. I was the one editing videos. I was the one making the air
0: filter. Oh, damn. Yeah. And pulling 16-hour shifts, I'm sure. And you're pulling 16-hour shifts, I'm sure, right?
1: More sometimes, of course. Now I don't do it. Now I'm a big proponent of a healthier life. Mm-hmm. But at that time, though, I was just all over the place. I was so eager to prove people wrong because I, I had a failed agency, and I was like, "Is bar to And the first agency had a couple of co-founders and the initial team, right? But Nothing really worked out. We cracked bigger clients at mm-hmm. in owl in in the first month itself. I realized that, of course, team is very important. Mm-hmm. But uh, because you don't have the team, you can't use it as a reason to not scale.
0: Of course. I'm curious how you cracked your first three deals. I'll
1: tell you. So, Ankur was our first client, Ankur Warikup. A lot of will know him as a creator. Right. At that time, he was an entrepreneur exploring the creator space. I think his socials had about twenty, thirty thousand 30000 followers each. He had a good presence on LinkedIn though. Right. Because he had been producing content there for quite some time. How did this happen is, so I wasn't planning to start another agency because ek nahi thi, toh, I thought had no hey. idea what I wanted to do. Hey. So I wrote an email to Ankur. Fairly straightforward email. The project was to shoot all of his courses. The courses that he's still selling to date. Incredible guy, incredible business that he has built over time. And I was like, sure, let's do this. And uh, yeah, this time I put myself as just Ayush Vadva. Okay. Not as an agency. But when I started working with them, I realized that I can sell this. The last agency, we weren't able to sell. Right. That doesn't mean you can't sell at all. Right. The next few clients were Unacademy. Then Cred and Spenny were cragged at a similar time. I'm not sure which one was cragged first.
0: All but are these cold emails, I'm guessing. Cold email. Unacademy was
1: also cold email. Cred was also cold emails. Spenny was a reference.
0: Wow. So your first so, uh, three clients were via cold email. Nice.
1: Yeah, and I've been cold emailing since the last four years. Uh, but I only saw the impact of it now because I understood that there has to be a structure to your cold emailing strategy. You right. can't just write a cold email to everyone. Naturally. There's a lot of thinking that should A lot of people talk about what to write in the email. I give it a lot of thought to who to write to and who to write to maybe again and again or who to write who not to take a follow up from I don't know like I have this structure in place I don't right. want to talk about it it's a fairly long structure it takes at least 20 minutes to explain that structure in fact like I have a workshop on Sunday where literally be explaining the same structure again because I've done this again so I'd, love I
0: to, I'd love
1: to join to please do this but I think that structure is what really helped me think through clearly hmm. that okay you have to do but the structure, but when you do the structure, you get a lot of clarity yourself when you do things in a structure. Right. Uh, that structure is not going to get you a lot of sales, but that structure will help you scale your sales. Right. Uh, very nuanced inside, when you start doing sales is when you understand that it's very haywire, so you need to bring a structure to it.
0: What's the way for an agency founder to go about thinking about growing in breadth or in depth of service offerings for the first six months, let's say?
1: This is a very good question because this question was in my mind when I was starting out that mm-hmm. motion trooper which was the last agency was an agency that was everything for everyone that it won't work without right it can't be everything for everyone we just started off as i was really inspired by this company called sandwich video I was mm-hmm. like okay we're going to become a startup video company called owl media okay that would create like these digital videos for startups that's what we started off with uh-huh. we ended up becoming something completely different now to a point where we are working with p so from working with startups to working with some of one of the biggest users in the world and I realized that the vision has to change eventually and it did last year right. now what we believe in is two things I understand that the scale of clients we work with they require a 360 degree firm because the marketing manager there cannot possibly talk to 10 different agencies for 10 different as a creative I also understand that Specialization is more important than anything. Right. That's the reason a lot of agencies in India produce really average work. Right. So I'm like, how do I find an intersection? And that is when the idea of a network came in, Mm. which is why usually agencies turn into a network or get bought by a network Mm -hmm. when they become too big or when they become successful. We did the opposite. We're like, why don't we bring in really solid founders and companies into the OWL network? Right. Make them part of the OWL network. And let them be specialized. So to a client who wants a 360 degree service, they talk to OWL, one person from Mm OWL, and that person gets things done from a lot of sister agencies and content studios. Or if they just want something from OWL, they're anyway specialized. So this way, instead of training the same writer to do 20 things, we're Mm -hmm. training that writer to only do five things. Similarly for the designer, similarly for the animator, so that they can, in those five things, go really deep. The okay. only team that required extra training was our strategy and client servicing team, which now was selling more services than they were before. Naturally. But th- but that's still easier than training probably five teams. This is now helping us scale better. When I say better, I- I'm not saying more per se. Sure, full 360 degree marketing industry might still get more business, but I think the future is specialization because now I know for a fact that everything that I'm doing this year is a lot better in quality than last year. And sadly... A lot of agencies are not in a position to say this. True them Because their people were growing in all kinds of directions. Our people are growing in a specific direction. Which makes it like extremely... It, it became our special point.
0: Grow your speciality. And over time, it becomes a network of specialists. And in that, you become a generalist. By becoming a network of specialists. I kept best for the last. The things you'd like to warn aspiring agency founders to steer clear of when they're growing their agencies
1: okay number one have a very well-defined process in which you do the task Mm -hmm. because the client will come in mostly confused but thinking they're not confused right every client thinks they're clear most clients are not i've been a client myself right right i've been a client myself i know how clients think right and it's not their fault right Uh, You can't possibly know everything before you start the project. You discover things. True. But I think accepting it is very important. And your job as an agency owner and as a team is to help them steer better in that journey of discovering what do they exactly want. Right. There is also your job. So it's not the client's fault at all. So if you blame it on the, you are the wrong one there. True. So that number one is have a very well-defined process of how do you ask the right questions? How do you navigate really well with the client? And act as the expert in the equation. Second is 100% have some kind of training system for your team members. This is something which I've understood the importance of very late. And even now we are in the midway there, but not quite there. Mm-hmm. But make sure that you understand the people's business that we are in. Your people, the people that you have, they make the company, not the other way around. You don't make the company anymore once you have the agency. And it's not like a product that if the people leave, the product will still exist. The company will vanish if the people go. So, take really good care of them. Also, have some way to train them.
0: Skills, have, train them in processes. Train
1: them in the way you want to do things at this agency.
0: Okay. Because processes. skills is
1: something that they should know already. Right. However, of course, as a leader, like of course, if you, are, if you do design and if you are a designer, then you have to train them in. How do you want to approach design? What is your thought process? Right. I think you should go and teach software. I think that's something which YouTube will do them, do that, do for them already. Third would be being, I think I'd like to divide third into two parts or rather third and fourth. But third is, I think as a service company, Mm -hmm. you have to be a lot more ambitious at all times. Be very optimistic and be very ambitious. Right. Like there's so much work in the market. That more often than not, two agencies who started together and even if one's work is really good, the second one can still win even if their work is not as good as the first one. If they are just very aggressive with how they approach client acquisition, very aggressive with how they approach sales. So I think be very optimistic and be very ambitious. There is tons of money, tons of opportunities, tons of great work for everyone in the ecosystem 100%. Yeah, I think and the fourth and the bonus point which I mentioned would be to hire early, not wait. wait 8, 9, 10 months like me to hire. Team is what will help you scale
0: 100%. Lovely. Guys, and on that insightful note, it's a wrap. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ayush. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. It really meant a lot to me. I hope I was able to provide some value to people who showed up on this podcast. It really means a lot to me. And yes, happy to chat offline more. really like the way you let the questions pause. It was very calm and composed throughout the entire session.
0: Thank you, buddy. We are definitely keeping that part. Please do tune in next week for the next episode of the You Incorporated podcast. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Thrifty Titans podcast. I sincerely hope we were able to bring you one step closer to building and growing your venture. If you found our show useful, remember to follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share our episodes far and wide. It means the world to me and my team. Follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. And don't forget to sign up for our free newsletter at join.thriftytitans.co. We have all the links available in our show notes. Welcome again to the ranks of the thrifty titan's tribe we're really excited to have you on board